NBA trade deadline, 45 minutes to go. And really, it started a few days ago when Kyrie Irving demanded a trade and got his wish, got sent to Dallas. Mavericks sent a whole bunch of things back to the Nets. The Nets, by the way, have already traded one of those pieces. Uh, no, was it uh, was Jay Crowder was the part of the Phoenix trade. I'm sorry. Uh, Jay Crowder was already traded uh, from the Brooklyn Nets to... Milwaukee Crowder hadn't played this year. They decided that he wasn't going to play. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, including did the Lakers get better at all, or did they just get did they just trade Russes? We'll do all of that with Brendan Whitted, our NBA analyst, uh, who joins us. I appreciate your time, my friend. All right, let's uh, let's start with the real big one. Let's start with the Kevin Durant one from last night. We wondered what was going to happen after the. Kyrie Irving trade is is Durant going to sit there in Brooklyn with uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie two good pieces that they got back and maybe see if they can make a run of it in the East but ultimately Durant wants to win a title and that team wasn't winning a title in the Eastern Conference so let's just bust the whole thing open Uh, your thoughts on what the Nets got really total in the Kyrie deal and then the Durant deal and what they should do next? I think given where they were, they didn't do really badly. I know some people have lamented that they didn't get like a, a superstar top tier sort of a player back. You mentioned Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, but, I mean, it was just – this all happened and unraveled pretty quickly and on top of one another. Like all of this was taking place kind of within a week of the trade deadline. Right. And when everybody else can see your house on fire, they're going to start charging more for water. And so it's, it's a lot more difficult to, to get maybe equal value back. I don't, I don't know if you even can get equal value back for a no. guy like Kevin Durant or, be, or Kyrie uh, Irving. Kyrie, right. Like, like everyone knew that he wanted the extension. There are only a couple teams that w- would be willing to and able to, in terms of their finances and, and what they had. And so all of those things, and to say nothing of the other stuff that goes on with Kyrie, so all that really made it more difficult to to make that trade. And then once you make the Kyrie trade, that's pretty much it for KD. Like the the KD trade clock started then because he was there to play alongside Kyrie. And once he left, uh, it was the writing was pretty much on the wall. Now, I think Kyrie's package that they got back for him, Brooklyn, I think part of why they did that particular deal was because they wanted to say, hey, to, to go back to KD and say, look, you know, you're still on contract for three years. We can put pieces around you. We're, we're already putting quality pieces that are, that are rotational guys in the playoff on a playoff team and maybe even right. contending. Uh, what do you think? And I think KD's answer was kind of like, nah, bro, get me up out of here. Uh, right. And so they took that time. Like, okay, we knew they had, they had some interest from the Suns earlier. They went back to that particular well. They were able to get a nice piece for him. They got four first-round picks, some swaps, and they get Cam Johnson and, and Bridges, uh, two 3-and-D guys that fit in anywhere, right? So, right. like, right now the net is one big 3-and-D lineup. Like, I, just, I kind of want them to find out. I'm sure some other guys are going to go before the deadline thing is done or, or they'll figure some stuff out. But I just kind of want to see them all play together because I think it'll be funny. Wouldn't, but, wouldn't you, if you were the Nets, and I'm looking at this group, I'd try to trade them all. And see how much more, how yeah. many more draft picks I could get. Yeah, I mean, I, I would trade them all, but it's interesting because we're dealing with the Nets here. We saw what <laughs> happened when they. I think I underestimated the the new owner bravado. 
right? Right. Phoenix Suns got a new owner and immediately makes this deal, right? Like this, the 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 pain in his office isn't even dry yet, and he's and he's willing to mortgage so much of the future to get a player to win right this very second. You saw something similar happen with the Nets when they went out and got Paul, and this was years ago with Prokhorov, where they where they got Paul Pierce and right. Kevin Garnett a lot of these aging superstars in order to be relevant right at that very second. I think that they did a, I think the Nets did a pretty good job of, of, of making, making that deal and setting themselves up so that they're not in the same position that they were right after the, right, right after they make that trade when the, those Garnett and Pierce and them get older. And so now they're just trying to figure stuff out for years and years. They're not in that situation anymore. So yes, it didn't work out like they wanted to with Kyrie, KD, Harden, but they're not going to be in the same sort of destitute sort of situation that they were when they last time they went all in. And for that, I think they, that off front office deserves some kudos. Can we go back like four years when the year before they brought in Kyrie and KD, they were like a surprise team in the East. And it was all like, how did they put this together? If I'm not mistaken, Spencer Dinwiddie was part of that group, right? He was on, he was on that squad. I think Jacques Vaughn was on that, 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 yeah. that coaching staff as well. Yeah. So go, go back to that. That was what this group was good at. And then maybe uh, an influx of, uh, of cash, you know, smelling your own whatever. And you go, you know what? We could do this. We could get – and they completely went away from what they're good at to what they clearly were not good at. And, look, I'm going to uh, risk spraining my shoulder here, patting me on the back, but the Ben Simmons thing, like the James Harden part of the equation, they shouldn't have done that, but Harden would have worked had the one of the other two guys been more available. You can't do anything about Durant's injuries, but I think Harden just was – tired of dealing with everything that surrounds Kyrie and he wanted out. He's in a better situation. I don't know if Philly's great, uh, but I think he's much more at peace because he knows that, you know, essentially what they are and he's not the same player, but I just think Brooklyn blew it by, by, by trying to be somebody they weren't. They took a shot. They took a swing. Like they, if you tell me tomorrow that I can get a, players the caliber of Kyrie, Harden, and KD on my team at one time, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And if I'm wrong, okay. I'm wrong. But, like, you're not going to win a title without having great talent. But like, then that you don't. But you don't put those two guys on the court and get Steve Nash to be your coach. Oh, yeah. Now, there's 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 plenty of blame to go around for why this didn't work. There's a good amount that's on Kyrie. There's a good amount that's on the organization. And Durant, they, they basically both chose Nash, didn't they? Yeah, they, I, I didn't. I didn't understand. Like, yeah, that was the thing. The, the Nash thing, I think, is kind of the precursor to a lot of this other stuff. I think if they have a better leader that's more capable, like Nash is pretty much Jeff Saturday 1.0, right? A guy who hadn't wow. shown any real desire to be a head coach, and that they were just so pressed to get. They went back to him multiple times. I don't know if you remember their, their courtship of Nash. Nash originally refused to do this, and then eventually they kind of talked him into it. He was by no means in a position to be the head coach of a, of a championship caliber roster. That was just a bad decision overall. And they wasted a lot yeah. of time trying to make that work. And I think when, when it didn't work and they saw some of the, some of the blowback from, from KD or Kyrie or both, 
they then were were wanted to be steadfast. We're going to stick to Steve Nash because we're in charge. And by that time, it was right. far too late. And also, you were back in the wrong horse. Like, there's plenty of there's really plenty of blame to go around for why this didn't work. All right, let's get to the Los Angeles Lakers, who did what? The Lakers, like D'Angelo Russell. All right, Malik Beasley. Eh, okay. Did the Lakers really get? Is there any impact at all other than getting rid of Russell Westbrook, who I didn't think was terrible for them this year? I think he's a six-man-of-the-year candidate, to be completely honest with you. I thought he, he just played really well yeah. for them once he found his role. They are better, though. They they are. They got they they improved in the ways that they need to. They're more athletic. They're, they they have much better shooting with, with Beasley and D'Lo uh, surrounding LeBron James, and they're deeper, right? Like, they just have more playable guys. Uh, so... Yes, but every conversation, as long as this guy's on the roster, is going to have to come with the asterisk of if Anthony Davis is healthy. Every, right. every single conversation that you can have about their prospects, because if he's healthy, yeah, they could come out of the West. They legitimately could. Like they, the West wait, is wait, a wait, really, wait, really wait. weird place to Come show. out of the West? They could come out of the – if both of those guys are healthy and playing at their at, at what they we've seen even this year, and then you add to that the shooting. You add to that the defense. Vanderbilt's a really good defender, and he can take some of those minutes away from LeBron uh, in terms of like having to play the better uh, the better perimeter players and stuff like that. Like they could they could, and it and it says something about the Lakers, but it says a lot about the West. The West is a really wonky place right now. The Grizzlies, who everybody loved, was has been on have been on a pretty terrible skid. The Pelicans, who I had I was huge on, I thought could could represent. Uh, the Western Conference, they they've had their troubles with illness and injury. Even the even the Nuggets, you're trying to figure out what's going on with Bones Highland and what that defense is going to be, and some of their plus minus numbers without Jokic aren't great. Like every Western Conference team has legitimate questions about them, which makes the KD trade all the more interesting with the Suns because now you you've added Book and KD, and they've been beset with injuries. Like they they've really had a rough go of it with injuries. But if they get a healthy run. Maybe right. I, I'm still not sure. I think about you're Chris nuts. Paul, what he has left. I think you're. This is this is crazier than back in Brooklyn. Uh, even give when it, they yes, had. Give it, yes, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll stand on this. But All I'm right. By myself. So Ooh. right now, I just I just dialed it up. According to Fanduel, Phoenix is the odds-on favorite to win the West, at essentially two to one. Denver is next at just over three to one. It's plus thirty-three. Plus the uh, plus three hundred. Plus three thirty. Clippers, who are operating more under the radar than any team in the NBA. I don't love them, uh, but nobody is talking about the Clippers, and that's just, I guess, history. Uh, plus 550. Then the Warriors at plus 700. The Mavericks at plus 750. That's it. Then Memphis at 8-1. to one. And then you've got real long shots. The Pelicans at 27-1. to The Lakers are 46-1. to one. It sounds like a good time to buy in, but but all right, but tell me, okay, all right, I take go, Sacramento like a thousand to... times in a row over the Lakers. No, you would. I right. would in a, in, a, in, a, in a series. You would t- you would take Sacramento. I'll take you Sacramento. Think, and, and with the Lakers at their healthiest, you're going to take Sacramento. I, but I I don't know who's no, going to be not. at their healthiest. I, no, you. I don't. Look, I don't. I, at, at, at the top of that Western Conference, though, you you mentioned the eyes of the, of the the more favored teams. Who of those teams are you just absolutely in love with for the West? None of them. Right. That's right, what I'm, I'm saying. It says when I when I say something, but I'm definitely not in love with the Lakers. 
Of course not. Nobody. But I'm saying if you're not in love with anybody, it's the bachelor, right? Like, let's let's date around. <laughs> let's figure some stuff out. Like, you well, know what I mean? Like. I can't. Pl- I almost said something terrible. I can't. Pl- I can't play the field. I can't. I. I'm not going to date Phoenix and then Denver. By the way, I have a man crush on Nikola Jokic anyway. Oh, I mean, look, he's he's played phenomenally. I mean, there's 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 absolutely no question about it. If he gets his third straight MVP, I will be at least interested to see. He's what going to average a triple are. double. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa! I was told by AppleCare when Russell Westbrook did that. That it, it wasn't a big deal. That those no. were inflated numbers. Now, I'm just I'm just saying. I was I remember it, I remember when Russ did it for like three straight years, and people were like, ah, he's 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 stat hunting. I'm just, I'm just well, I thought I, there there was an element to to that for Russell. Uh, they also weren't really winning, um, but a lot of it is also like tripled up. The, it's an incredible thing. Doesn't make you the MVP, uh, but when a center is averaging the assists that he is averaging. I mean, it is sort of goofy. Oh no, it's super goofy. Like the, so, the he's oftentimes the one bringing the ball to the court. Are their offensive uh, sets in the half court run through him? He's the hub for that. Like, there's no question. You can make the argument that he's the best passer in the in the league, and I there, yes. there's not going to be too much pr- protesting about that. He's phenomenal for that team, and and really stirs their the the drink for them on offensively. All right, I'm I'm just hoping the Lakers can get into the play in tournament. I don't think that's a I don't think that's a guarantee at oh, this not. point. Um I know the Knicks swung a minor deal. I don't even know if it's final yet. Josh Hart, I mean, it's a good deal. Josh Hart's a good player. Uh it reunites him with a former uh Villanova I, th- I think they were teammates. Uh yeah. Josh Hart and Jalen Brunson uh in the Knicks. I don't think it really moves the needle for them that to me they're the same team. Um are the any of the other Eastern teams going to make a deal or no? Are they just sitting this one out? I don't know, man. Like I, I, I kept waiting. Honestly, I've been looking at Miami. I thought that they, they would maybe try to get into this somewhere. I know they've been a bit disappointing. They've had a lot of injuries. Lowry hasn't played well. But I don't know what on that team, you know, the the guys that you wouldn't move in in terms of Butler and Bam. Outside of that, how how valuable are any of the other pieces? Tyler Hero, I guess, would be the only other one. But uh, you know, like even their three pointer. Has has gone down like Miami fell into this weird has fallen into this weird thing where they find diamonds in the rough but then right. overpay them later and it feels <laughs> like they fell that in back into that with Duncan Robinson a little bit yeah. like they you know he's just not contributing like that for them despite the big money that they gave him so I thought that they were going to try to make some move and I guess we still got a, a handful of minutes here left but I I, I was surprised they didn't do anything uh, Milwaukee I mean look Milwaukee is really really good I think them getting Milton back was you know kind of the biggest thing I think they just traded. George Hill think he's going to the Pacers. George but, Hill got yeah. traded again. Yeah, George Hill. I mean, look, man. George, he lives. I, I'm just assuming, he yeah, lives I, at the airport. I'm just assuming he just has timeshares everywhere. Like at this point, it's probably cheaper than than, than putting down roots. But uh, yeah, I, I think the top of the East feels very comfortable with with where they are, particularly with the Nets kind of xing themselves out of it. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm a little maybe surprised to see that that the Celtics haven't decided to do anything with Grant Williams. I know he's been wanting a, a, a bigger deal and I doubt that he's going to get that money but they might just be one to to watch him watch him leave after he uh, contributes to this season. The net they the Nets exed themselves out of it when they thought that Ben Simmons was going to be something. All right, uh final thing. 
I'm just sorry. I'm ne- I'm never gonna let that go. You are never gonna let man. I'm rooting for him so hard. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm, 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 I'm all in on on Ben Simmons. Partly because I like him, but partly just to, to spite like him. I, like, I, I am. <laughs> ben Simmons might be the w- most wonderful human being on planet Earth. I hope he is. Um, and I I hope. I mean, he's getting paid a ton of money. Man. He just can't help a good team because he refuses to shoot. I mean, you can't refuse to shoot in the NBA. I mean, it's otherwise you become useless. The um, the Hornets moved Jalen McDaniel. Is there like to me? This was nothing, but they did get two second round picks for whatever that's worth, uh, and they brought in a sixty percent three point shooter from uh, from the Knicks. He's six for ten. Uh, I don't believe they really brought in anybody who's just whatever. He's a body. Uh, yeah. Where where are they? Okay, so one, I'll I'll say that I'll be running the Twitter Spaces from Swarm and Sting. I'm the site editor over there right now. Okay, uh, so I, that's a that's a recent position. So I'll be running all the stuff over there, writing and editing and stuff like that. And Swarm and such, Sting, all right. Swarm and Sting under the fan sided umbrella. Come 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 check us out. Um, but the I think it's less about Jalen McDaniels. Like, yes, he was going to be an unrestricted free agent after this year. He's making two million dollars this year. It's a, a, a Fantastic value, uh, and they weren't going to. They weren't going to pay. Like if it, it was pretty, the the right had been on the wall that that they just weren't going to. So pay. they had a good. They had like, a good player. They had a good player that they got in the second round. Like he was a fifty. He was the fifty second overall pick in that draft. All right, I'm trying and to I unpack they, the fact that they had a good player that they weren't going to pay because they have so many other good young players. And that's the thing. I think if you're a if you're a Hornets fan, I think the thing is that it's frustrating because it feels like you're a G League team where, hey, uh-huh. we found this player, we cultivate him, we refuse to pay him, he's going to go contribute somewhere else. He's a 3 and D guy, athletic, can play multiple positions on defense. He's had, he had a little bit of a shooting slump this year, but overall he's a, he's a plus three-point shooter. 6'9". Like, yeah, like he's just something he's, – he's a rare find for a team, and he's a, he's a beautiful complementary piece, even if, even if he isn't a starter. For any contributing team, he's somebody that you would want. And the fact that the Hornets not only can't hold on to that person, but can't get it anything of real value back. You mentioned the two; they're going to get two uh, draft picks off of this. They're they're choosing between the best of like one or two different teams. Here are the here are the uh, second round picks since Mitch, Mitch Kupchak got, uh, was selected as the GM. Here are the second round picks that weren't immediately traded on draft night: Scotty Lewis, Vernon Carey, Grant Riller. Cody Martin, Jalen McDaniels, and Arnoldus Kulbalka. Like, and with McDaniels gone, Cody Martin is the only one that's even still on the roster, and right. he's hurt right now, but but was a contributor. So when you look at that, you're, you're like, hey, we had a good player, and we're going to get him back for what has hist- re- most recently historically been nothing. And that, right. I think, is what bothers Hornets fans. Like, it's just very, very difficult to be excited about something when you're not making the move. The other part is, Unless something has changed in the past 15 or 20 minutes, which it easily could have, Plumlee's still going to be on the roster and he's going to be leaving because he's going to be a, a, a free agent. Uh, Terry Rozier still got it three years on his contract and that's not going anywhere. Gordon Hayward still is on, the, on, on there and that's not going anywhere. Like you're not getting, you're, you're not moving in a way where, one, you can let some of these younger players play and the, the wins will, will probably show and dwindle. And so you have a chance at maybe your scoot in the, in the draft because it's all about the first two draft picks in this upcoming draft yes so you're, you're you're not moving in a way that you're going to be worse and you're also not building capital 
it just doesn't seem like there's a very obvious plan for how they're going to get better. You're not going to get free agents like that because you're just not a destination city. You have to make trades and you have to draft well. So far, it's been underwhelming in terms of what the Hornets organization seems to have committed to doing. It just seems like there's a lot of shrugging of shoulders and hoping things get better. And that's not really something that you can sell to a fan base that's been on the outside looking in for playoffs for the past handful of years. I wish Michael Jordan was as into the competitiveness as an owner as he was as a player. I just wish some of that translated. It doesn't appear that it does. Well, I, th- I think it hurts. I think it hurts him. Like, he remember, he famously came back from an injury when the Bulls wanted to sit him so they could get a better draft pick, fought through it, and got them to the playoffs. He's essentially doing the same thing as an owner. Like, that's the, that's the funny part. Like, he's competitive, but it feels like it's a little bit more short-sighted than long-term, and that, that has to change as you transition from player to executive ownership. Brennan Wooded, uh, not only... Uh, at what at HU Cosell on Twitter uh, from Howard University, but Swarm and Sting. Love it. Good for you, man. Uh, I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Appreciate you.